you can now listen to Conning the Con ad-free on Apple subscription and buymeacoffee.com forward slash Conning the Con. But that is not all you will find there. I've got two little words for you. Tonka Trilogy. If you know, you know, right? And if you don't, keep listening to Con in the Con and it will all become clear soon enough. And if you want a sneak peek, head over to at Con in the Con on Instagram and get a look at the lighter side of this, well, very heavy con story. Simply click the subscribe button now on Apple Podcasts for ad-free and bonus content. Or if you aren't an Apple user, head to buymeacoffee.com forward slash con in the con where on top of that ad free and bonus content you can access exclusive videos you'll find all the links as always in the show notes have you ever felt that pang of disappointment when you couldn't add a ticket to your collection because it was digital or maybe you just lost it well stubforge.com is here to change that imagine this Tickets that not only look, but feel like the real deal. Because each ticket from Stubforge is printed on the same quality stock that Ticketmaster uses and printed with genuine ticket printers. It's like holding a piece of the concert, the game or the show right in your hands. But Stubforge isn't just about replacing tickets. With the easy-to-use interactive designer, you can create custom tickets for anything from concerts to sports games, pregnancy announcements parties. Why not make your invitations stand out with tickets that are as unique as your event? And if you're trying to complete a back catalogue of missing tickets, Stubforge offers bulk discounts to make it both easy and affordable. With Stubforge, you can once more give your loved ones physical tickets and see their eyes light up instantly at the best gift you can give. So whether you're looking to reignite your ticket collection, craft the perfect gift, or send the coolest invites, Head over to stubforge.com. Start creating today and see how Stubforge makes every ticket a story worth saving. Visit stubforge.com and start making tickets today. Something is creeping in. Don't follow it down. Welcome back to episode four of the Tonka Trilogy bonus series, a story just so unbelievable you couldn't write about it. Unless, of course, you're Andrew Tonks. Seems like the obvious move, right? But before we dive back into Andrew's failed Pulitzer, let me remind you of what's actually going on in the real world at the time of this recording. Emma is still $100,000 out of pocket, give or take. Well, obviously more take if you're Andrew. Behind the scenes, she's working with the police to build a case against him. However, Andrew has managed to slip the net. In the time it took for the police to issue an arrest warrant for Andrew, he was busy sunning himself back in Tasmania not wasting a hot minute before he was back on dating apps. And while Andrew is pulling out all his favourite lines on Danielle, his new Australian girlfriend, Emma and I are hoping and praying for Andrew to be caught. Well, that was priority number one. But if we couldn't have that, then for God's sake, at least send us chapter six of the Tonka Trilogy. Becoming a spy? WTF? I wanted to be a businessman. And a full 19 days of being left dangling off this particular cliff. So this is where the party at, he yells across the room. Emma's inbox pings again. (sighs) Welcome back. It is the 30th of April in New Zealand and it's chilly here, which is why I have my hat on. Because I've just been to... It's cold. I know, it's got frost outside. Um, I've just been to school, dropped the kids off. So, And then I came home for this really exciting present 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's just recap. It's today's Tuesday. So literally three weeks ago today, my world fell apart when I found out Andrew Thompson, a.k.a. Andrew Tonks, a.k.a. Shonky Tonks. Shonky Tonks. I found out that he's a con man. So the last three weeks, uh, my world has flat fallen apart recently, but we're getting back together. Uh, not as a couple, as in... <laughs> That's never happening, even though you'll hear on this that he really wants that to happen. So I got an email this morning. I'll just read that one out. So good morning, sweetness. This will probably leave you with more questions than answers. Sorry it is so messy. I have probably missed a lot as I just don't have the time or the authority to go into more depth at the mo. If we get past this, as I'm sure we will, I am more than happy to elaborate on any questions you have. Again, this must be for your eyes only. Well, oh my God. I feel it's like... Original. Yeah, I've just sent it to the de- detective. So, sorry about that. Yeah. Um, and please be honest with me after this and let me know if you think we will be able to see each other again. It will not impact you getting resolved at all, as in the money, as this is already in motion and it will not be stopped as I have asked the government to send directly to you. Okay, time for a little context interjection here. By the time that this email has come through, Andrew has told Emma that to get her money back, he's got to dust off his best piss-soaked homeless person costume and come out of retirement as the world's most unassuming spy and doing one last super dangerous undercover assignment for ASIO, Australia's equivalent of the MI6 or New Zealand's equivalent of the Secret Intelligence Service. Sidebar, I had no idea that even existed. Anywho, back to the point. Andrew is reassuring Emma that the money issue is now sorted, because even if he dies on this top-secret assignment, he's instructed his employers, the Australian government, to pay Emma directly. Now, if like me, you've got a memory like a fish, you might have forgotten that the reason he's still communicating with Emma is he thinks that there's a possibility he can continue a relationship with her to at best get his hands back on that $200,000 that she recovered from him. And if that fails, then at least hold Emma off from calling the cops. Oops, bit late on that one. Right, back to the email. So the government in Australia is paying me for my money. I love you with all my heart, and I'm sorry we couldn't pillow talk this lot. First of all, vomit. That is revolting. Yeah. Revolting. So we've we've waited. We've waited a wee while now, Sarah, haven't we? So Sarah's here from London again. Uh, Poor Sarah got woken up. She'd just gone to sleep. It was 10 o'clock in London time. And I just said, I'm sorry, but the next chapter's here. Oh my god, I I literally bolted out of bed. Bring it on! There's 10 pages. Oh god, I've got all night. (laughs) We need a wee quick recap. I think last time he'd just got his contract with his friend Carl. Yep, Carl. Uh, And he was going to be working in Iraq as a chauffeur. Yep. So he's he does recap that in this first part of chapter six. But Carl does have he has got military experience as well and been involved in security in the Middle East. So this person's is from what I can see a real person. So Oh yeah. But yeah, from our Facebook stalking you mean, yeah, Carl yeah. is real. Carl but, is real. But obviously not but real probably, in his life. Yeah. 
doesn't have a clue what that is being pulled into this, I'd imagine. No. Okay, chapter six, becoming a spy. What TF, or WTF, <laughs> not to what TF, I wanted to be a businessman. Oh my god, that is my favourite. Is that my favourite? I think that might be my favourite chapter. I still love the fat child one. I loved cake. Oh, yeah, that was pretty good. Especially when I thought that was just the entire chapter. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, sorry, moving on. Okay. In the interest of keeping the wheels turning with limited available time... Let's explain this. So, Andrew has apparently gone back to Melbourne. We found that out from some intel he took the tickets that he'd pretty purchased for uh, my birthday that we were going to go to melbourne last week and which makes sense that he's used them to go last wednesday to keep up the lie with his family because i was supposed to be meeting his dad this week and then he was supposed to be coming back yesterday so i'm not sure if he has come back or not which is quite interesting i think to find out that hopefully mm, the detective will be yeah. start. i don't know and the fact that he's two weeks behind in his rent oh my god if I was over there I would desperately be going looking in his window just to see if he's cleared out that apartment <laughs> what if you're looking house. you're looking and then he goes boom <laughs> <laughs> I would lose it my I would absolutely lose it oh my god that would be so funny <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to complete the previous chapter here we go I ended up doing six months full-on in the Middle East. Yeah, full-on. This net me roughly 600000 US dollars. My last job was for a well-known American organization that took me from driving and logistics to observation at Intel. I found out after the op they didn't want to do it as they stood out too much, and it was incredibly risky. It also turned out that I had a knack for it that would become desirable. They paid me a hundred thousand US dollars for ten days' work. So if he just went into that work again, I'd get my money back, wouldn't I? Exactly. But that's what he's trying to do. So give him a break, Emma. You're so mean to the world's most unassuming spy. <laughs> most unassuming spy. I love that. So I returned to the US at the end of my stint, very cashed up and with nowhere to go. Prison. Oh, so I reckon, because apparently he went to the States and his mum and dad went over there with him. So I believe he has done this in the States as well. Somehow in Canada, he's been a con man over there as well. Wouldn't that be it? No doubt. Yeah. Serial. He's a pathological liar. So Mm. what I had a desire to create my own business, of course, because that's what the title was about, that would allow me to continue to travel. It was late 2008 and the GFC had hit the US bad. I didn't want to waste all my hard-earned US dollars on such a shit exchange rate. So what I discovered was that the US was nearly giving away some classic cars, motorbikes, motorcycles, boats, and then general toys such as jet skis and dirt bikes had become ridiculously cheap as everyone was holding what money they had left. I saw an opportunity and jumped on it. I purchased four classic cars for less than 50000 I then purchased around a dozen Harley Davidsons for under 100k man he's worked hard at this and i also got five jet skis and five dirt bikes all up my big buy cost me around 210,000 us dollars i put these in a shipping container and sent them to melbourne the shipping and customs cost me around 15k wow he's going into detail here i think that this is based in some truth somehow he has been connected to something along this lines whether or not Mm. it's that he did it or that he 
conned someone into buying, you know, giving them the money. There's some truth there because it's not the first time. You know, some of his lies have been based on just a little bit of truth, and I feel like this is one of them. Yeah. Well, wouldn't you know it, turns out I was spitting diamonds. As we've since found out, Andrew had indeed been involved in an importing business. It's just that he left out the importing part of the sales transaction. But more to come on that front in a coming bonus episode. So stay tuned. And while I have you here, you might have been left scratching your heads with Andrew's reference earlier to the GFC with absolutely no context. He is, in fact, referring to the global financial crisis, not to be mistaken for the less famous Gavin's Fried Chicken. And then I had to do some Australian standard work to the Harleys to get them registered. All up my spend would have been roughly 250000 Within the first four... Yeah, you sell really well. Within the first four weeks, I had sold everything I had sent, scoring me close to 800000 Australian dollars. Oh, my God. Of course it was, because there's no GFC happening in Australia right now. Within three months, I had more orders than I could handle. Within the first 12 months, I had turned over just under $8 million Australian dollars by Christmas 2009. Okay, that's why you can't pay me back 80000 Oh, my God. I had been in and out of prison. Oh, no, sorry, of the US monthly for those 12 months. Throughout that time, I had set up considerable contacts and could do all the ordering from anywhere around the globe with a simple email. In early 2010, I took a number of trips to the US for some PR work and to keep the relationships alive. The PR work? The Australian market was becoming flooded and I needed to change my focus to sourcing collectibles for people. This was great as I used it as an excuse to travel with all my expenses paid. You mean he's conned some money out of someone and they are funding his holiday. Yeah. In March 2010, I had been invited to take part in a large Harley-Davidson group ride from LA to Vegas. I was so excited. When I arrived, I was picked up and taken to where I would grab my bike for the ride, a regular store I purchased off for a lot of my HD purchases. That's Harley-Davidson. I didn't know what that meant, actually. I thought it was hard drive. Carry on. (laughs) Turns out that almost any business dealings with these sorts of toys from L.A. south to the Mexico border was run by the Hells Angels. Ooh. Oh, Oh God, so now he's getting involved in gangs. Yeah, yeah, I know he's already mentioned that before. Before I knew it, I was riding at the back of a couple of thousand strong patch members tribute run. It was exhilarating. Oh, my God. He's just a bogan, try-hard bogan. Just to backtrack a bit, it became clear that sometime throughout early 2010, my identity was hacked. Here we go. We've heard this lie. And several small, it's like he's gone through, what lies have I told them? What ones do I need to to keep going? My identity was hacked and several small loans have been clocked up by the thieves. I wonder if he's actually done this. Somebody else. (laughs) Oh, maybe. So in early 2010, I had deleted my Facebook for a short time and was living off my cash flow. This becomes important soonish. First of all, he's still got a Facebook account. Never deleted it. It's just under different name. And interestingly, one of his books that he likes on his Facebook page is uh, Gangs of New Zealand. Ooh, good to know. He's probably got some. Yeah. He's also 
a uh, big fan of like Sands of Anarchy, you know, all the gang stuff, which really speaks to him. I think that's probably because he's been in prison as well and he's just got to mm. work out how he's not going to get shanked. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sean McCabe. And I'm Carrie McCabe. We are, well, married, obviously, <laughs> but we're also obsessed with the darker side of things. True crime stories, alien abductions, poltergeists. If it leaves you scratching your head and keeping those lights on at night, we want to hear about it. That's why we host the podcast Ain't It Scary with Sean and Carrie. Every week, we bring our listeners a true story guaranteed to send chills down your spine, from history's most brutal serial killers to the mystery of spontaneous human combustion. Yep, lots of these stories leave unanswered questions behind, and you'll get to poke through the rubble of the evidence with a hardened skeptic and... Someone whose mind is more open to fun. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> You can find Ain't It Scary with Sean and Carrie wherever you get your podcasts, and on social media at Ain't It Scary. Come play with us. We are gathered here today to give you permission to plan the wedding that you want. I'm Jessica Bishop. And I'm Sari Wienerman. And we're the hosts of the Bouquet Toss podcast. Today's couples have to juggle so many things, from family expectations to outdated traditions and what's currently trending. So to make it easier, we're going deep to figure out why we do weddings the way that we do, so you can decide what to keep and what to toss from your wedding day plans. You are cordially invited to subscribe to The Bouquet Toss wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com. By the power vested in us, we pronounce you free to plan your day your way. Uh, so back to the ride. I had a blast of a week, hung with the angels, purchased a bunch of bikes, found some classic cars. Life was good. Now the sticky part of me being on this ride is Australia had just put into place a very serious anti-biker association law. Now little old innocent me didn't put together that my new mates in LA fell into that category. And nor did oh, it strike me God. that the majority of my purchasing... <laughs> You know, my purchasing customers in Australia were associated with the Rebels motorcycle gang. How are they going to feel being brought into this? You know, like they're not going to like that much. So long story short, I just made it incredibly easy for the Australian Federal Police to say I was associated with the MC clubs. The new law gave the Australian government the right to detain and imprison any associate of a patched member. Mum, dad, girlfriend, accountant, you name it. If you were associated, you could be held for up to 12 months. So I've heard oh, this lie. I wonder if that, is that true? Have you checked that out? I, uh, somebody else checked that one out. Upon returning to Australia just after my birthday in 2010, I touched down at Melbourne Airport, and that was the last fresh air I would see for several months. So they got him <laughs> off the They got him when he came off the plane. Why didn't they do that now when he went back to Australia? God knows. Oh. I have never felt such a breakdown of an individual as I did at that time. Now I had been in some tough situations during the private security stint and couldn't tell my family that I'd nearly been shot or blown up, etc. Oh my god. <laughs> but the feeling of complete loss of freedom still gives me nightmares to this day. Oh my god, does he know what's coming? Do you know what's coming? It's going back to jail. <laughs> It's going to be 
so beside himself. Uh, but the feeling of complete loss of freedom still gives me nightmares to this day. I spent the first two weeks in a Hannibal Lecter-style cell. Shut up. Are you joking? What? For, for, for like, breaking a law about that is the best. He's gone next level. Who do you think he is? What, with the mask on and stuff? I was fitted out with a a rip-proof gown, no underwear, a rip-proof sheet, and I was under full surveillance every 30 minutes for the next two weeks straight. No TV, no communication to the outside world, just you and a book if you were lucky. They wouldn't even give you pens in case you tried to kill yourself. I was allowed to call my lawyer, who had to contact my family, advise them of my situation. My mum and sister couldn't talk to me for the first month as they just didn't know how to handle it. I broke down every single day. The only other time I recall feeling close to this feeling is a similar situation I'm having with my partner and her family now. Oh my God. From absolute top of the world to the rock bottom in an instant with no warning and no fault of your own. Oh man. Unbelievable. I was advised after the first 24 hours that I was being held under the anti-association laws. Okay, let's Google that, anti-association laws later on. Yeah. These are roughly... Yeah, you need to send it all through so I can fact check tomorrow. With your eyes only, though. These are are roughly the same as anti-terrorism laws. Guilty until proven innocent with a max term of seven years for association. Well, I don't think he... He said he was in there for six months. We'll see what his story, she says. For two seconds, there's a cat that's coming to the door, and it's not ours, and it's just making such a racket. That's right. I might pause while we get our head around this one. All right. So, time for a little good news and bad news. The bad news is that for some reason, most likely because Emma and I were preoccupied with catching a con man, we didn't actually file the recording of the rest of the Tonka trilogy at that time. That Ruddy Cat has quite a lot to answer for. So for love nor money, we can't find the file. However, we couldn't leave you hanging. So next episode, we won't have to fire up the time machine as Emma and I sat down and recorded the rest of the Tonka trilogy a full four years after she received it. So coming up in the next episode... The yard was the worst place, as it was where all the shit goes down. They started to notice me out with all the bikers, but also noticed that I looked a lot more like a businessman. Oh! The most in there. Okay. Stop it! How? 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 Was he wearing a tie on his jumpsuit? Oh, it's too much! (laughs) And if you're enjoying Conning the Con so much that you want to see videos of Emma and I actually recording the next couple of episodes... Go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash conning the con and I will upload the videos there for you. Until next time, we are going dark. Something is creeping in, don't follow it down. Ohio is a land of mystery. From missing shipwrecks and lost treasure beneath her surface to strange phenomenon slicing through her skies. From myths that have evolved around historic events and people 
to the unsolved murders and disappearances that keep her communities wondering what happened. Find Ohio Mysteries on your favorite podcast app, and let's explore the inexplicable. OhioMysteries.com From DNA testing to the Dixie Mafia, Crime Capsule brings you new stories of true crime in American history. I'm your host, Benjamin Morris. Join us for exclusive interviews with authors from Arcadia Publishing, writing the hottest books on the most chilling stories of our country's past. You can find us wherever you get your favorite podcasts or on evergreenpodcasts.com. Crime Capsule. History so interesting, it's criminal.